0: 18 plus Stoveleg Media Igniting Conversation Hey guys, happy August. It is me, your host, your girl Elena Grace, and welcome to another episode of I've Been Thinking. Guys, I am so excited to share this episode with you all. It is one, I've been thinking about this for a while. Oh my gosh, hilarious, I've been thinking. Guys, okay, wait, sometimes I forget um, the name of the podcast is I've Been Thinking, and I just forget how easy it is to use that phrase because it's a regular phrase um, that I've branded, um, and I'll use it. And I'm just like <laughs> in conversation, and people are like, <laughs> "Yeah, that actually is funny." Um, it gets old, though. I'm sure it gets old to me in my brain, but anyway. So I've been thinking about sharing this with you guys for a while, okay? Well, not like a long time, not like some of my other topics. I'll think on those for like a year. This one has just been like a month, okay? But I watched Moana um, a few weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. I think it was like two-ish weeks ago, probably. And I... Got super drunk while I was watching it. And I started taking notes, okay? Because I realized what a good episode it could be. Because I was just noticing all of these things that I had never noticed before. I mean, I was noticing just like... Just little things sometimes. Or things that really like have... An effect on how you perceive the movie, um, but you don't really consciously realize them. Anyway, I'll I'll explain um, in this episode. But yeah, that's where it began. I just I think I drank a bottle of wine or part of a bottle of wine at least, and I watched the movie and I sobbed. Like Adam, I had to close the door because it was so loud, and I was singing and I was sobbing as I sang. Um, yeah, but anyway, as always, it is the first episode of the month, so that means it's either a movie or a book of the month. Clearly, today is a movie of the month, and like I said, we're going to be discussing Disney's Moana. Now, just gonna go ahead and get into it. Moana is the daughter of the chief of the village on Montanui. Um, it's like a Hawaiian island, but like pre Hawaii as a nation. Which, by the way, did you know that technically Hawaii is not a state? It's actually internationally recognized by multiple countries as a nation of its own and, like, illegally occupied. There's your tea for the day. Um, but, yeah, before Hawaii was its own nation, you know, it was just a collection of islands at this point, each of which had their own communities and ruling structures and stuff. So, um moana is the daughter of the chief they live in an agricultural and fishing community on a remote island like i said and she's constantly being drawn towards the ocean ever since she was a tiny little toddler um, she's just trying to get in the water and i vibe with that and her dad spends years and years trying to convince her to stay away from the water. Like, there's a whole song pretty much about it. But when Moana's grandmother... By the way, spoiler alert. If you've never seen the movie, turn this off right now. Major spoilers ahead, okay? Okay. You good? You've seen it? You are ready? Okay. Anyway. So, upon Moana's grandmother's death, well, like right before, Moana is told by her grandmother that she was chosen by the ocean to save the islands from the darkness and disease that's overtaking them. And when it began affecting their island, Grandma and Moana both were like, it's time. We got to do something about it. Now, I have this theory. Okay, so there's this thing called the heart of the ocean, and or the heart of Tahiti. Sorry, the heart of the ocean. That's that thing in Titanic, I think. The heart. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the heart of Tahiti, and Tahiti is a creator goddess, um, but she is also an island, um, and. The So grandma like tells the story of this mythology to Moana and all the little kids in the village when they're like little. So this is how we get introduced to the mythology, right? And um, the story is that Maui is a demigod, kind of like Hercules. Um, and Maui goes around and he does all of these things for humans. And he decides one day that he wants the power to create life for himself. Um, and, you know, the once you, we get into it, we find out that it was from a very good place. Maui wanted to give humans the power to create life. And he thought that that would win him the ultimate accolade with humans. Because that's who he cared about the most, is appreciation and love from the humans. But... He goes and he steals the heart of Tefiti, and everything starts dying around him. And suddenly he's like running out of the cave where he found it. And he looks, and suddenly there's no longer, or he like looks out and on the outside of the reef, there's like this demon, like a volcano lava demon. Demoness. Anyway, um, named Te Ka. And she's out there and she's like freaking everything up. You know, like, where'd my heart go? Wah, frick you, Maui. She like chops him out of the sky and messes up his magical hook that he uses, that the gods gave him. And that's what he uses to perform a lot of his magical demigod deeds. Um, so hold on. So, there's your backstory. I had to take a chug of water. My allergies are absolutely destroying me this week. I don't, honestly, I don't even know if my voice sounds the same. It probably doesn't. My throat itches so badly. I honestly might have to get up and get a cup of tea here in a few minutes because my throat is itchy. I've had a raw throat for the past like three days because Adam and I were at my parents this weekend and my allergies always get worse when I go to my parents because it's like out in the country and there's tons and tons of wildflowers and flowers and stuff like that and it just I mean I'm not used to that anymore I'm a freaking city person at the moment just with an accent and I'm just not used to all of these flowers and plants. And so then I come back and there's pollen jizzing all over our cars. Just like yeah covet- I mean disgusting. Yellow pollen everywhere. And it's just awful. It's awful. My allergies are killing me. Okay. So I'm sorry. Anyway. So now you have the back story. Of why Maui stole the heart of Tahiti, okay? And it's like a little shell, and I actually found one of these shells on the beach um, on Okinawa in Japan. So that was really incredible, and it was right after I watched Moana for the first time. I was living, living. I mean, I lost my mind. Anyway, um, so the like i said the heart of taifiti is literally it's a shell but it's literally the heart of the creator goddess okay and it is like what gives the power to create life kind of um so i have this theory that when Moana was a little girl, she was a little toddler. Like I said, she's toddling along the beach. She's trying to get into the ocean because the ocean has been calling her literally since she was born. And the ocean gives her the heart of Tahiti. But then her dad is like, "Moana, where are you?" and he's trying to find her. And he comes out on the beach. And grabs Moana up and is like, you are literally a year and a half old. You can't even say words yet. You don't need to be in the water, um, which is fair. But the ocean chose her, right? So Moana's grandmother, her dad, the chief's mother, okay? Moana's grandmother was there that day. But you don't know that until later, Okay. Which, if you've seen it, and most of you, you told me that you had seen it. So, if you, if this is a spoiler, I gave you the chance. Okay? Anyway. So, obviously, we didn't know originally that Grandma was there. But later, we find out that she was. And she picked up the heart of Tefiti so that she could hold on to it for Moana for one day when she was old enough to take on this responsibility. Okay? So here's my theory. Now that I've given you literally 10 minutes worth of backstory, here's my theory. The heart of Tefiti was keeping Grandma alive. Okay. And that's why, because she has it in her necklace. She wears it all the time. Um, it's literally on her body at all times. Grandma's old. Like, Grandma is old. And this is a period of time, like, well, I don't know anything about Polynesian Pacific Islander cultures and their like age um, expectancy. Um, although I did watch a, a TikTok from a historian, I think the other day, who said that actually. Um, in like Victorian and previous era, like even medieval era, if you got past the age of like eight years old, you were almost guaranteed to live until you were like 70, 75, something like that. So our lifespan is actually not significantly longer today than it was back then. There's just a perception of that because of some skewed statistics from, like the 90s or something. I don't remember. But interesting. Anyway. Um, but Grandma's old. And she's achy. She's had a long life, you know. So when she gives the, when she tells Moana all of this history and all of these things, she gives the heart of Tefiti to Moana. And Moana runs off because she's freaking lit. And Grandma's like, oh, I ache. I have to sit down immediately. And then uh, Moana and her dad are like fighting and this guy pops up and he's like chief it's your mom and they run to the big giant main hut like that they use for ceremonies and stuff like that and Moana's grandmother is laid out on a mat and they're taking care of her because they like found her passed out somewhere. Um And she dies that night. And Moana has literally never known her grandma to be anything but spry. And she's always like dancing on the beach with the stingrays. Playing in the water in front of her. So Moana literally doesn't even notice that grandma had to sit down immediately. And starts acting weird immediately so I think that's probably why Moana and her dad were so shocked to find grandma's cane because they are like fighting and they're walking and they look down and they're like there's grandma's cane what the heck and then so they're hit with this sudden realization that something is super badly wrong with grandma slash mom but then when that guy comes out and is like chief your mom they're like holy crap, because they have never thought about anything like that happening because she was always so healthy. But it's because the heart kept her that way, okay? The heart was keeping her alive. It has the power to give life, y'all. The power to give life. The heart of Tahiti is what kept Grandma alive that long. Now, um... This leads me to another theory, okay, that in the time before they found Moana and the chief to let them know that Grandma was sick, I believe that Grandma told Moana's mom what happened that day when Moana was chosen by the ocean and about the heart. Because like before, Moana and her dad got to the main hut, like before they got there, When grandma was being cared for, mom was there with her, caring for her. So, I think that this is the case. And I think that's why we see mom be so accepting and actually be helpful. And probably also why she knew where to look when Moana ran off. Um, cause grandma was like, go, you have to go now, like before she died. And so Moana runs off. Mom is probably like, okay, she's upset, but I'm going to go to the hut where, and I'm calling them huts and I really don't mean that in a bad way, but that's just, that's the word that I know for them. Um, hut just feels negative in a way, but that's the word that I know for what these are. If there's a better word, please do tell me, because um, I didn't come across anything different. Anyway, so Mo, I think that's why Moana's mom knew where to go, to go to that main building hut where the food was kept. Well, not the main one, but like the building where the food was kept, because um, that's where she finds Moana, and she's packing food for her journey, And mom is like, all right, let me help. And helps her pack a bunch of food. Hugs her before she leaves. And this is, so like, it's clear to me that she knew Moana was supposed to go do something. It's not like Moana was just running away out of grief. Because if that was the case, I don't think mom would have helped. I think she would have been like, Moana, where are you going to go? The other side of the mountain That is still within like an hour's walk from our house. Like, where are you going? You know? But, but, I had to chug water again. This leads me to another question. Okay? How long was Moana gone? I've never been able to figure this out. Like, what kind of time period is this movie covering? Because it had to at least be like four or five days with no food. Because all that food that she and her mom packed, Moana's canoe gets flipped and the food all floats off. You don't see her gathering the food up. I don't remember seeing the food again. How did she not die? How did she survive? How was she not faint? Did the heart of Tefiti keep her from feeling hungry like it kept grandma alive? Got a lot of questions. Okay. So, anyway, Moana sets off on one of her ancestors' canoes, and she kind of starts teaching herself to sail, and I say kind of very strongly, um, and she accidentally stumbles upon the demigod Maui, which is funny because that's who she set out to find, like, in the beginning, that's what grandma was like, go find Maui, tell him who you are, tell him... You're going to take him to Te Fiti and he's going to return the heart. And so that's what Moana's trying to do. And she's gone for like three days at this point. And she gets all fricked up during a storm. The ocean messes her up, but she's trying real hard. And so the ocean is like, you're trying real hard, honey. I'm going to help you. And Moana ends up washing up on the island that Maui had been banished to okay and so this is like a running theme that the ocean helps those who help themselves think it's super important um and it's also super important i didn't write this in my notes but it's super important because that's a major theme in christianity um, is that God helps those who help themselves, and so I think that really drives home kind of a the kind of the importance of the ocean and its level of divinity in a way um, to Moana and her people, right? Because we are. We're seeing attributes given to the ocean, which we think of as just being like a big puddle of water, basically. But we're seeing personality traits and attributes being given to it that are comparable to... The Christian God so I think that that's very important in just kind of in an understanding it's not like it's necessary like you don't have to teach your kids that when they're watching it um but it's important to me and my understanding of the movie so I just thought I'd share with you guys but like, like I said um Moana was trying really hard even though she was struggling So, the ocean gave her a little help. A little boost, you know. Now, upon... Sorry, I gotta adjust. Upon finding Maui, um, he's like, um, no thank you. I'm getting out of here. He locks her in a cave. And Moana escapes beautifully. And they end up having to partner up against Maui's wishes. But during their time together... Maui keeps calling Moana princess, which is a direct effort um, from the writers at mocking what they call the Disney princess industrial complex, which is basically like the culture and the economics that have been created by the Disney princess concept, right? So... Moana is very clear that she's not a princess. She's the daughter of a chief. And this is super important that she keeps making that definition. Because for a long time, princesses were just the girl at the center of the movie. Like, the girl the movie was centered around. But... Did she do much? Was it really about her? Or was it just happening around her? Just happening to her? You know, why did the character have to be a princess? Why is that the point of the character that she was a princess? Like, couldn't she just be interesting and a woman in her own right? And, you know, we've seen a lot of Disney movies moving away from this narrative Being a princess has more recently started to be framed more as a burden that the princess or the queen has to deal with. Like, something that has happened to her without her consent, you know? She was born into the responsibility and the societal contracts that she didn't ask for. So, like, Elsa, who is a queen, running from power for pretty much two movies, um... I'll be honest, I didn't watch the second Frozen. I really didn't enjoy the first one. I don't like it. I don't like Frozen. Crucify me if you must. But I will die on that hill. I don't like Frozen. It does have some important truths. I can get behind that, but I don't like the movie. Um, or Marita from Brave, which Brave is one of my favorite Disney Pixar movies. It's Pixar DreamWorks. Anyway, Brave is one of my favorite Disney movies um she's just so good and I love that it's Scottish and I love that it's about a little strong-willed girl who won't have anybody tell her what to do and I love that it's about bears because those are me it's about me okay if I was born to my family in Scotland 500 years ago that would have been me anyway um and then Jasmine. She is also one that we saw and that one was like actually pretty early when I started thinking about it. I was like in the past 5 or 10 years, yeah, sure. Jasmine was like 20 years ago, which is crazy, but Jasmine, Merida, Elsa, they all resist the imposing and misogynistic structures of their culture and their title. Even Ariel, just a little bit, but not so much. She resists, but she also plays into imposing and misogynistic structures of just a different culture and title. So we can't really count her amongst the likes of Marita and Jasmine. Sorry about your luck, Ariel. Anyway, but like I said, over the past while, we've seen Disney slowly recognizing princesship as a job in a way rather than for example the highest goal a woman can achieve and typically through a marriage or by being saved by some handsome prince right so this is super important like i know i've said that but it really is super important That Moana wants to be a leader. She wants to serve her people to protect them. So by leaving them to find Maui and to return the heart of Te Fiti. And thus stop the spread of darkness and disease and death. That is emanating from Te Ka. Like that's what she's doing is serving and protecting her people. But at the same time she has to let her people be without... They're a source of their leadership. And she's doing the exact thing that her father, the chief, has told her like 20 million times will not help the people. He says she needs to stay home to serve and guide them. But Moana comes to this realization on her own that sometimes to lead best, you have to put yourself out there in a way that you're advised against. Just the same way you have to to find yourself sometimes or to find the place that you're meant to be, to find the thing that you're supposed to be doing, you can't always listen to other people's advice even when it's the most well-intentioned. Like, I've learned that lesson for myself. You have to put yourself out there. You have to do things sometimes, even things that people advise you not to do. Because you have to find out, is it just that this person had a bad experience with it? Or is it truly a bad thing, right? You have to do those things for yourself. So I think it's incredible. And I think it's definitely one of the reasons I love Moana so much. That she says, no, I have to do this myself, right? Okay, let me take a drink of water real quick. Now, I want to pause that for just a hot second and tell you all, this is something I did not notice, but it's super, super good, okay? I didn't notice this until, like I said, I got wine drunk and I watched the movie a few weeks ago. The ancestors are wearing the same shell necklace as Moana's grandmother, like the locket kind of one where she keeps the heart of Te Fiti, and also the same shell necklace as Moana's dad, like the chief ancestor. This connects them, these three characters, directly, obviously, Um, to their ancestors, and it makes sense because the chief pictured wearing these necklaces is a direct ancestor of Moana and her dad, the chief, and potentially, we're not, it's not explained how, like, power is passed, Um, and I honestly, I regret to inform you that, I do not know. I did not research how power was passed in these cultures. Um, But we do know that Moana will become the chief after her dad, which I think is incredible. Like there's no power struggle. There's no, oh, I need to have a son. Like he was happy just having a daughter And he teaches her to be the chief. All that cool stuff. Very girl power without it being cheesy. But also, I don't know if grandma is descended from the chiefs. Or if she married into that. Because she just calls herself the mother of the chief. So, did she give up her chiefdom for her son to have it? Or was her husband the chief? And she said give it to my son when my husband dies. I don't know. That's not explained. But either way, um, she's still connected to the ancestors. And these are clearly heirlooms that are passed down through generations. And it's representative of their connection to one another and their lineage as the chieftains of this island. So when the necklace that Moana wears is passed down to her from her grandmother, it becomes representative of her ancestors still, but her grandmother specifically, and their connection and their constant presence in the lives of those who come after them. And we know they're present in a spiritual sense because the ghosts of Moana's ancestors and her grandmother appear to her multiple times to give her information, to give her guidance, to give her encouragement. And this provides us with a really brief, but a really important insight into their communities and their cultural perspective of death, ancestors, spirits in the afterlife. I think it's really awesome. And it's also a really cool, um, positive, I think, spin to put on these ideas for small children who are watching. Really takes a lot of the uncertainty and fear out of it, you know? Okay, now I'm going to beat up a Maui for a hot second But it's not going to last long because it doesn't need to. He doesn't deserve, like, a super long bitching. But I've got to say it. Maui says that he does everything for humans. But when given an actual human child, he, like, literally she's dropped in his lap. He is super dismissive of her and he literally doesn't care about her well-being. And then he locks her in a cave to die. So, This is why I think Maui begins the movie. Begins, you know, our view of Maui in the context of the movie. He's a narcissist. Like, obviously he has a major redemption arc. But Maui is a narcissist at the beginning. All of those things that he did, quote, for the humans were just for attention and praise. They were all... They, like, he did all of these things for attention because he didn't have attention growing up. He was abandoned. He was actually thrown into the ocean to die by his parents. Like, immediately when he was born. Who was it that, that happened to in Greek mythology? Um. Anyway... Um, he was thrown into the ocean, and the gods found him and were like, No, no, this is sad. We're gonna raise him. And they raised him and gave him his hook and everything that, like, gives him magic. Um, but, like, he didn't have a traditional upbringing. He knew he was human. So, he spent all this time trying to undo the feelings of rejection that he's carried with him because of his parents' abandonment. And when he saw that his actions were working to get him attention and praise, he just kept it up. But then that created a really negative cycle and fostered narcissism developing in him. But then, getting beat up by those little coconut people whose names I can't think of right now, and then, well, Te Ka, and then the Coconut People, and then Tomatoa, and then Te Ka again. Getting banished by the gods and all that stuff. It really shaves down his ego, you know? Like, he starts to realize that after, after he meets Moana, specifically, he can trust other people. It was mainly Moana at the beginning. Um... And really, if you think about it, that's probably something he's never done because the people he was supposed to be able to trust, his parents weren't worthy of it. And then I would say that the gods were not particularly you know, involved in his upbringing. They're gods after all. Um, And he never really had a ton of exposure to other human communities, it seems, aside from just floating in and doing things for them and saying, you're welcome, well, (laughs) singing you're welcome and dancing off, you know. But because of Moana and her influence, he realizes that help from other people isn't a bad thing and it's okay to rely on someone else. Like you don't have to do everything alone. And weirdly, this is something that it's like a realization that's shared between him and Moana because they're both coming to the realizations That life isn't actually the way they perceived it to be. And that others aren't an enemy to be kept at arm's length also. Just that you have to be allowed to learn and make decisions for yourself. Like this is a common theme between the two of them. Now, while we're on this note, I want to make a quick comparison between... The movie and some traditional European mythologies. So, the crab Tomatoa is like conceptually the same as a dragon with a horde. And I think this is a super important comparison to make, especially for an audience of listeners who might think more in this traditionally European way but just because that's how you were brought up like I know that I was brought up with this imagery more than that of a giant crab doing the same exact thing Um, but conceptually it's exactly the same a greedy great in size being who wants to collect shiny valuable things just for the sake of having them And that's what it's boiled down to in the movie. If there's a greater um, mythology around a being like Tomatoa, I would love to learn more about it. So let me know if you know that there is. Um, But it's like essentially the same. So think, well, from the surface at least. So think about Smaug in The Hobbit. Smaug is just inherently greedy. He's not necessarily evil at all because it's just literally the nature of the beast, but he collects and hoards just for the sake of it. So when the dwarves and Bilbo infiltrate his domain, that's when problems arise and Smaug begins to decimate the village on the lake as a punishment and blah, 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 blah. So we don't see exactly this kind of situation in Moana. But the concept is very much the same. A greedy creature who admits to eating his grandmother. Even though we don't see it happen. So like we know he's not super nice. Like it's kind of. It's really interesting. That they are carrying this theme through. But also it's kind of nice that There is a children's movie demonizing greed and showing that the heroes, Moana and Maui, are taking only what they need from his hoard. They're not like filling their bags. They're not taking extra stuff as they go. They take only what they need. The hook. And like that, I think, is a super important takeaway from that interaction and from the movie as a whole really oh lord y'all I am getting worse okay so at the end of the movie Maui's willingness to sacrifice himself and his hook that he just got back he spent like hundreds of years looking for it and he just gets it back but he's willing to sacrifice himself and his hook for Moana and her safety and for all of the islands This represents his realization of his true self and his true mythos, where he he just he comes fully into himself. Okay, so at the very end, he does the haka. the The hook is blown into smithereens, and he realizes he's defenseless against a goddess of vengeance, a giant volcano lava goddess of vengeance. And he does the haka in preparation to die. And it just absolutely kills me, chills all over my body. I sob because he is facing down this vengeful goddess of rage with just his bare body, his bare hands. And he's doing it with resolve and bravery and sacrifice like true sacrifice and this is where we see his evolution as a character come to fruition and i'll explain a little bit more about this in one second but first i have to mention this okay Maui's hook is previously in our time but later chronologically in the Disney cinematic universe seen as a necklace on David in Lilo and Stitch which makes me wonder because of the whole necklace thing earlier with Moana, Grandma, Dad, Chief and the ancestors is David supposed to be a descendant of Maui? Right? Good question. Important questions. Elena asking the hot questions. Okay. Alright, back to the explanation. So this movie characters movie character. This movie carries major themes of forgiveness and sympathy, like understanding Taekw in spite of her outside appearance, her rage, the poison that she seeps into the ocean, her violence. But Moana sees past this, lashing out, and looks literally at her heart. Now, same concept, but with Maui. Moana forgives him for his accidental transgression against humankind when he stole the heart with good intentions, but still, and released Teka's rage and poison into the world. Moana forgives him of this and they work together to make it right. Okay? She like she understands. She learns about his reasoning why he wants to please the humans all of these things and they fix it together. Moana learns to forgive her father for the fear he tried to force her to live by. Um Moana's father realizes that he was holding Moana back from great things and he like he and Moana come to an understanding about that but also he forgives her for the hurt that she caused him when she left you know I'm sure that was seriously something he had to work on and he also probably had to forgive himself and then Te forgives Maui for stealing her heart and causing a shit ton of problems right like it's all there forgiveness all of these things and you know, Tefiti is this creator goddess who kind of tests her creations slash children for good heartedness, humility, empathy, courage. And Tefiti forgives quickly. She you know, is she all of this, the whole movie, all of these characters all of these people are realizing these things. They're coming to this realization of forgiveness and sympathy and good heartedness and humility and, and courage, all of these things. And I think that's the point. And that's kind of the point of life, also. But don't get me started on that today. But anyway, Tefiti isn't a goddess of ruthless vengeance. Um, even though that's exactly what Te Ka was, kind of. But that's because Te isn't her whole self. So she isn't Te Fiti. Te is only a part of her true self. And she's missing that thing, her heart, which makes her whole, Te Fiti. And that just drives home the importance of empathy, understanding, and forgiveness because if people had taken just a hot second to not run away from Taika, maybe they would have figured out the solution earlier. Like Moana just like talked while well, she sings to her. But she's just like, hey, wait a minute. I think I figured it out. And is like, yeah, you did. Wow, I've not been talked to in hundreds of years. And everybody is just trying to attack me. So I've been lashing out, you know. Just a thought. Just a thought. Um, Yeah, but like I... I, I want to add this to Like I said earlier, the ocean helps those who help themselves. And this just carries through the movie and is directly related to Moana's journey. Her father in an effort to continue living safely, as they had long done, had resigned himself to never leaving the island because he saw no other way to do things. But Moana realized that no one else was going to help them, and their people weren't going to survive the poison of Teka's rage. So she had to go out and do what she could for her people, no matter what it cost her you know no matter if it cost her her relationship with her father she was re- willing to sacrifice and she was courageous enough and she said i'm going to do this for my people and so the ocean helped her along and that ocean is kind of representative of her ancestors and the earth and You know, all all of these things, the universe, if you will, God, if you will, whatever, the ocean is very much a lot of these concepts put together. And in this very vein of analysis, we find that the movie is ultimately about finding your own path and not letting well-intentioned advice get in the way of you developing your own beliefs. Like, you can't just be told Teka is evil and take someone else's word for it. Moana went out and she did all the things. She learned Teka's motivation. She asked, why is she behaving like this? Possibly because she is no longer whole and she is searching for the piece of herself that was stolen. You know, why is Chief Dad keeping Moana away from the ocean? Not because he's a bad guy and doesn't want his daughter to be happy. But because he's scared. But he has to learn that he has to let Moana figure stuff out on her own. And she does eventually. And hell, even Grandma makes Maui sound like an asshole. But we realize that he isn't. He just doesn't know who he is. And he's trying to impress people instead of being himself. This is such an important movie. And it just I mean culturally it's important, I think. I I think it brings up some incredible incredible points. I I hope that you take this podcast episode and you allow it to influence how you watch the movie and maybe how you talk about things with your children as y'all watch the movie together. I think that would be incredible. That would maybe be one of the highest compliments I could receive because it's just, I I want my insights and my perspectives to help you all think creatively and critically. Of course, that's the point of the podcast, but damn, this is good. It's good stuff, y'all. And not even just, not even these big concepts either. It's things that are as small as that natural pink tones are allowed to be beautiful and feminine and strong. Like Moana is strong and she's courageous. She sails on the ocean all by herself and she wears a little bit of pink when she does it and she likes flowers but she also likes to be rough and tumble. Like you can like all of those things And I just think it's so incredible that there is a movie that little girls. I think it's so incredible. There's a movie that my nieces are going to be able to grow up watching. And I hope it has this kind of empowering influence on them. On all little girls. On all little boys who watch it. On everybody who watches it. On adults. It's just, it's an incredible movie. I love it. I relate to Moana because I have let too many well-intentioned people try to give me advice and it has not worked out for me because instead of, you know, following my own heart, I follow that advice. I have seen, I, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to the water. I'm drawn to travel. I'm drawn to not necessarily do the traditional thing. And also Pua, the freaking pig, big winergy. That's right. Winnie energy. Big winergy, y'all. I mean, just so many things. I Yeah, I want to see myself in this incredible strong character, but I have... A lot of things that I can relate to in this movie too, and that's just that's one of the reasons I love it, and I wanted to share it with you guys. But man, I spent a lot of time putting this together. I really hope y'all enjoyed it. Please let me know what you thought at I've been thinking Pod on Instagram um, at Been Thinking Pod on Twitter. I've been thinkingpod.com, all of those good places. Let me know what you thought. Make sure that you visit the blog on I've been thinkingpod.com if you want to read the kind of transcript from today. It's not exact, but it's pretty close. It was my notes, um, and then also make sure that you at least check out the Patreon patreon.com forward slash i've been thinking pod or there's a link on the website it's i'm so grateful for the people who um are subscribed to me right now you are you have no idea how helpful that is to me being able to continue the podcast i'm so so grateful but yeah i am working on some new stickers and stuff some new merch that kind of stuff so be on the lookout for it. If you join Patreon, you get stickers for free the first time. Like you get a thank you note your first month of joining in stickers for free. So make sure you go join Patreon because you get tons of extra content and you get free stickers. So yeah, go check that out, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved it. I hope that you now feel as passionately about this movie as I do and I hope that it made you think in some new critical ways. (laughs) Thank you so much guys. I love you. Bye.